Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from the Innovation Circus, the latest experience from the recruitment events company, hosted in partnership with Broadbean. The event takes place on the 11th of May at the British Library in London. And this year, the focus is on social recruiting and future innovations. Speakers from Google, Facebook and Vodafone, amongst others, will be on hand to share their stories and offer real-life case studies for the over 200 in-house recruiters in attendance. Plus, two workshops will offer delegates a more hands-on experience to solve their real-life challenges. Go to www.innovationcircus.co.uk for more information. And if you use the code PODCAST, you'll receive a 20% discount on your ticket. That's www.innovationcircus.co.uk. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine. Hi everyone, this is Matt Holder. Welcome to episode 124 of the Recruiting Future podcast. It's accepted wisdom that technology is changing everything when it comes to employer branding, recruitment marketing and recruiting. But how are things actually now working in practice? And how are shifts in technology changing the way large employers identify and interface with future talent? To answer these questions, I interviewed two of PwC's recruiting leaders, Alexa Marshall and Ashley Lasher. I'm really grateful to them for sharing some great insights into the evolution of PwC's campus recruiting strategy. Hi, Alexa, and hi, Ashley. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. My absolute pleasure. Um, Could you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a bit more about you? Sure thing. Uh, Alexa Marshall. Uh, I actually was recruited off campus to join PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC, and I started in client service and I went into HR and talent acquisition. I've been with the firm a total of 20 years and I have a national role right now where I'm leading our talent identification efforts from a campus and experience perspective, which is all around the branding and attracting and identifying of talent um, in both campus and experience. 
And I'm Ashley Lasher. I was actually recruited off campus as well to work in client service. I joined our PwC recruiting team about, let's say, seven years ago. Um, and I'm currently one of our campus talent acquisition business recruiters in our Boston, Massachusetts office. So I focus on the business recruiting um, for one of our specific practices. So as I say, great to have you guys on the show. And it's, uh, it's not often that I have two guests. So uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's particularly, that's, that's particularly good. Um, so one of the things that we're going to talk about is how recruiting has changed, um, you know, in general, but maybe particularly at sort of PwC over the last, um, over the last few years. Maybe we could start by talking about what your experience was of the recruitment process um, when you joined the organization. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I made reference to the fact that that was 20 years ago, right? Uh, <laughs> looking for, for an internship and uh, being hired into the professional services experience uh, you know, from, from campus. Uh, PwC did not come to uh, my campus that I went to. And I actually proactively printed out letters um, <laughs> off the computer, sent my resume to, at the time it was, I was looking to get into accounting and to the big six uh, and sent them up, up north to, from, I went to, to college in the South and I wanted to start my career uh, up north and I directly sent them to the recruiter. So it was via snail mail. Um, <laughs> I uh, didn't do too much research on, on the internet. It was much more because the internet was just about um, breaking at that point and coming out. And I um, leveraged friends and family and network to get an understanding as to the profession that I was getting into. Um, I was lucky enough to receive callbacks from, you know, four of the big six. And it was, you know, in-person interviews and um, hard copy offer letter that was sent. And I had, I had some decisions to make and ultimately decided to, to, to start my career um, with, at that point in time, was PW before the merger of PW and Cooper's and Librand. <laughs> so mine was a little bit more probably similar to how it is today since it was seven years ago. I applied through my campus career center. There were formal events, had an on-campus interview in person, and then an in-person second round interview. Thinking about Alexa, I actually think I had a hard copy off, uh, offer letter as well, which now that is not the case. It is all electronic. And so it's just very interesting um, to see the similarities between what seven years ago and now, but then also so many differences just due to technology and that we've both seen those changes over the years. So I'm kind of interested in uh, how, you know, how, how things have changed between sort of 20 years ago and, and seven years ago and now. Um, but also, I mean, obviously technology is a, is a drive, driving factor. But, you know, are there any other reasons that, um, you know, recruiting, the, the way that you guys do recruiting has, has, has changed over the last few years? Yeah, most certainly. Um, it's the candidate experience has certainly changed. And, and a lot of that is due to technology, but it is. Uh, we're in a market where we're wanting to get a lot more personal with our, our candidates and the job seekers and to make sure that we're individualizing the experience for them. So not only on the, the candidate experience side, it's changed for our recruiters as well, too. Uh, and and the talent acquisition being aligned to the business has really emphasized the skills that are necessary in order for our, our uh, client service professionals to be successful. And there's been a real focus on diversity as well. So I would say the candidate experience, recruiter experience, and then um, really the focus on skills and diversity of our hires has changed over the years as well. 
I mean, I think even just thinking about my role in particular, I'm aligned to a business. And so being able to be strategic and work with the business, what are the needs? What is the talent that they're looking for? I think we are really able to be strategic in going to campus and hiring the correct individuals with the technology skills and analytic skills that we're looking for these days. So you mentioned that one of the one of the big things that's changed is candidate um, the candidate experience. Could you could you give could you sort of give us some more insight in into that? You know, um, what's different about it? What does it what does it look and feel like now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I look at the candidate experience, really break it out into three areas of of branding and attracting. So it, you know the the employer brand and how we showcase that to a job seeker. Uh, then the selection and the interviewing process, and then also the hiring. Um, so, and, and technology's really played a role. Like if I look at branding and attracting recruitment marketing, right, and the, the leveraging of social media, um, 10 years ago is when Facebook and Twitter were, uh, you know, just on the horizon. And, you know, at PwC, we regularly are using Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn um, in order to really showcase the culture of the firm. So there's a bit of an inside look into who we are as an organization. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, lots of times on campus, we'll go out to, to career fairs. A lot of that has gone virtual, right? That's our opportunity at these career fairs to start to brand and attract ourselves and interact and engage with these students. And um, it's something interesting this past fall that we just recently rolled out was we decided to step away from providing giveaways um, what we did is really create an experience and how can we leverage virtual reality um, to give the job seeker an inside look as to, into our environment. So we went to campus at these career fairs and we had um, virtual reality glasses with a video of our, our Boston office uh, and they were able to explore the office. So it's kind of interesting. We had about 60 8,000 job seekers visit the Boston office over a six-month period of time because of that. And as they go through, they're interacting with people and they're seeing, you know, what the office space looks like. And it allows the, the, the student to ask questions and really us to start to build relationships with those individuals um, because there's real content that is coming across in those videos that they're able to then get a better understanding as to who we are. As an, as an organization, right? It becomes more of a conversation versus just handing out a pen or a notepad and hoping we see them again if we're interested and may never see them again um, if they're not or we're not. And I also think what's so interesting in that branding and attracting space, right? There's such transparency now. You know, no longer is, is the employer in the driver's seat. It's really the, the job seekers have immense power and they have access to so much information, right? With all those employer reviews that are out there, Glassdoor, you know, even some of the job boards now are incorporating feedback, you know, on these, um, on, on employers. And that uh, voice of the consumer goes such a long way um, that, that you really do have to rely upon a strong employer brand. And luckily we have one at, at PwC and um, we want to certainly showcase that as much as possible too. I think that's a, a kind of a really interesting, a really interesting point. And I suppose, um, you know, my, my next question is, is kind of round, um, you know, candidate expectations. I mean, how are you finding that the expectations of, um, 
uh, of candidates have changed in the last few years. Now, um, you know, we obviously talked about transparency and the expectation that um, they will they be able to find out um, a lot about the business. But what else are you finding that's different in terms of, you know, when, you, when you're sort of interfacing with, uh, you know, potential um, hires directly? Yeah, you know, I think about um, their desire to immediately know if they have an offer or not. So that, that speed to offer, uh, there is a, a desire for efficiency in the process uh, and the ease of that um, hiring and interviewing. So um, if I look at the hiring process, we have recently from a, an individual, like interview scheduling, we've been able to rely on technology to help us with that. So it's all automated and the candidate can then go in and you know, out on their own time, look at their schedule and determine when will they be able to, to meet with us. We've also really incorporated um, video interviewing. So this past um, fiscal year, we had over 14,000 entry level um, uh, recruits that we did video interviewing with, right? Mm-hmm. So the ability for them um, to, it really reduces the amount of time um, that they're having to travel and come for a face-to-face interview with, with us. And it improves the candidate experience by really reducing, um, you know, the, not taking them away from work that, that they may have um, and, and, and their busy schedules too. And even thinking about my experience going from on-campus interview, then it took a week or even longer to then get into the office, like Alexa said, the time to travel to that office. And if it wasn't local, even farther travel, plane flights, whatever the case may be, and then maybe another week to even get the offer. And now we're able to move so quickly because of technology. And I think that really helps with these candidates because exactly like she said, that's what they're hoping for and wishing for is that speed to offer at the end of the day. And that, that ease of transaction, right? So they also are very interested in our, in our culture. So Ashley, why don't you talk a little bit about the, the post-offer event that we host? Yeah, yep. So with this process now, with the implementation of the virtual interview, these students may not have ever seen our office or the office that they would be working in. So we've now created this post offer celebration event where they come into the office, they get to really feel the culture, experience what the people are like, the people they could be working with in the future because they have an offer. Whereas in the past, they would come to the office when it was time for their interview. And they have this interview looming over their heads when they're in the office. And I feel like they didn't necessarily get to really experience all that they could. And so now that they have an offer, they can take it all in. Maybe some have already accepted. So these students can see, oh, this other person across the table from me, they would be in my internship class. And so really able, really being able to give them this experience of what PwC is all about um, has, I think, really helped our process as well. I would just wrap that one up by saying it's really the candidate looking for that efficiency in the process, the flexibility in the process, mm-hmm. and then also the just the, the transparency to understand the organization and the culture and their job, what they will be doing. Obviously, technology is playing a big part in um, making making that making that process work and make th- making things quicker and um, you know delivering that 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 kind of improvement to the candidate experience that that matches with the changing expectations of candidates. Um, there's obviously lots of talk about um, technology automating parts of the recruitment process. How important is the the sort of human um, face-to-face um, aspect of of, 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 of recruiting in, in terms of what you do? Does that does that is that still an important um, aspect, or do you think technology is replacing that? Uh, 
it is extremely important to us, that human interaction. Now, that human interaction might not be face-to-face and in person. It may be through a computer. It may be through a, a, a Google um, chat uh, versus or, or a Skype versus um, face-to-face. Uh, we have explored uh, that kind of video, the interview with um, automated interview, right, where there's a computer asking questions and there's response and they're videoed. And, and we really feel that that doesn't in, in embrace our culture or, or showcase who we are as a firm. Um, so we really do. Those initial interviews that we're conducting on campus are face-to-face at this point in time. Um, we are doing some exploration as it relates to um, schools where we have a virtual presence, where you know this past year we hired 205 individuals off campus where we had never met them face-to-face. It had all been through a computer conversation um, and a video conversation. I do see us potentially leveraging technology, whether that be um, AI or bots uh, in in the future from a a screening of resumes and a a matching um, of job descriptions potentially, but uh, we're not quite there yet. Uh, We need to do some further investigation uh, most certainly. The other area in which we're really leveraging technology is just, again, in the branding and marketing space and the um, uh, client relationship management tool to to really start to personalize it and understanding all the data points and the hits of where people have interest uh, of searching our sites and how can we kind of market to them and, and personalize the experience for them. And I think about with the virtual interviews, freeing up us as recruiters in our time a little bit more with planning those, it allows us to build that relationship with the students throughout the process and connect them with even more professionals because um, they they do want that human interaction. You've talked about sort of employer branding and, um, you know, really sort of engaging with, um, you know, engaging with potential candidates. Um, obviously, recruitment marketing is a very very noisy space at the moment and uh you know the 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 sort of the best people that you can hire um uh, are kind of being exposed to to lots of sort of messages about different companies and why they should work why they should work for them what have you found in terms of sort of content and messaging that, that that really resonates with um a campus audience for us it's really you know at the end of the day people work for people um and I, it's really showcasing the stories of our individuals who work here. They want to, you know, as we do accept decline surveys um, and and trying to, to understand why people have accepted an offer or declined an offer with us, the, the reasons they're accepting is the relationships that they have formed, it is the, the opportunities that exist, and it's the culture um, and the environment. So those are the same reasons that they accept as they do decline. So our whole focus is to really want to, on social media platforms, through videos, um, allowing our people internally um, to, to speak to their experiences, their, the opportunities here, the culture really has resonated well with the, the student population population because they're directly hearing from some of their peers and who they may potentially be working with. Um, so, and, and videos have been extremely um, successful too. So what about internships? Um, are they still an important part of um, what you do? Interns are, are that's the, uh, the main focus. That is what we are going to campus to find uh, and to really, for PwC, Early identification is the name of the game. So we're engaging and interacting with students, freshman, sophomore year, 
uh, their junior year is when they're going to be doing an internship and then um, hopefully come to work for us from a full-time perspective. So really the the evolution of the internship, that's always been important to us. You know, we've had interns, you know, I spoke to the fact that 20 years ago I was an intern, um, but you know, 95% of our interns receive full-time offers, 90% of them accept um, their, their full-time offer. So it is a great investment for us here at the firm. Um, funny story, actually, uh, Ashley and I both have been focused on the intern milestone event that we host. That's a capstone program. Uh, and it's, uh, it's creating a premier end of internship experience for our hires. So Ashley, I, I led the team and Ashley, um, and I worked together and we've spent over 30 days working <laughs> in Orlando together, <laughs> actually. Um, but the whole intent there is to create that experience, right? I spoke earlier about intern, uh, acceptance because of the relationships and the opportunities and the culture. When we have these early identification events, as well as these internship experiences, it's all about developing those individuals personally and professionally and investing that time, you know, whether it be showcasing blind spots or a a gender equality event or, you know, uh, bringing a a case competition or a leadership program, the firm is very much focused on on starting to help those individuals develop themselves so that um, they can then understand our environment and be successful working here in the future as well. So obviously some, you know, some, some huge changes, some, some really interesting things going on, some sort of fascinating trends emerging. Um, what happens next? How, how do you think uh, recruiting is going to change uh, in, in, the next, in the next few years? What, what's on your radar? What, what have you got an eye on? So I think really what's next is some more virtual interactions with our students. We think about the talent outreach Alexa talked about earlier, really having potential uh, career fairs virtually, talking with students virtually through Google Hangouts, Skype. There's only so many people that we as recruiters can meet in person. And so being able to offer up some of these virtual aspects in terms of recruiting, I think is going to be front and center, maybe even this next year, to really take advantage of the talent that's out there that we physically cannot reach in person. Yeah, I would say um, definitely the... Looking to, uh, again, um, around videos at job descriptions, I would love only 1% of job descriptions are in video. I would love to personalize them, bring them to life a little bit more. Uh, we will be looking at assessments as we have a huge pipeline of talent um, that is coming in the door. And how can we uh, leverage um, some some assessments? We've done some investigation there, but would, would like to do that from an efficiency means of our recruiters to in trying to... Um, target their appropriate talents. And I also think artificial intelligence and and helping from a, a screening perspective and matching in the future as well, too. Alexa and Ashley, thank you very much for joining me. Great. Thanks, Matt, for having us. Thank you. My thanks to Alexa and Ashley. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll join me. Thank you.
is my show. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you, and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.